0: Alright, here we go. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America. And we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Richards, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host uh, is in the epicenter of the National Football League. That's in Denver, Colorado. Uh, James Salinas. James, how are you? I guess
1: you want to call it that, or or the epicenter of the rumors in the National Football League and the smoke screens and the propaganda going on there. I'm assuming you're talking about a a certain quarterback out there in the Midwest, right,
2: my friend?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about. um, uh, But seriously, uh, Denver, Colorado, a lot going on out there, baseball happening, um, uh, and some games in progress too, James. So welcome back to the program. But uh, we start with the news of Albert Pujols, uh, being designated for assignment, which means that politely uh, the Angels are going to release Albert Pujols and so the end of the era right there for Albert Pujols and uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, well, I mean, what
1: a tremendous professional from 20 years. Can you believe it? it's been 20 years since yeah. he came out in Rookie of the Year back then with St. Louis? I think, obviously, the, the those days in St. Louis, MVP, I mean, his his biggest and best days were with the Cardinals, World Series, et cetera. And, and you know, he had, he had some good seasons there in, in Anaheim with the Angels as well. Huge contract that he signed back in the day. So, you know, last year for him and, you know, for, for the Angels, time to move on, get Jared Walsh in there playing at first base, playing every day and getting his. A-Bs, but I I think when you think about Pujols, obviously the numbers and the statistics and the way he hit the ball and and drove the baseball, you know, one of the the, what is he, fifth fifth in home runs, I believe one of the top hit, top 12 Yeah, 667 yeah, right, mm-hmm. so fit there, and, and hitting the baseball, and always hit the baseball hard. I think when the advent of the shift started becoming more prominent in Major League Baseball, that really impacted Albert Pujols, because he, yeah. he was definitely a pool hitter for sure, but, you know, and then the other piece with Pujols is the off the field, and, and, you know, just his moral compass was always pointed north, and a guy that I greatly respect for, for the, you know, the, the the charity work, being the philanthropist that he was, and, and so many things that he did off the field, just a, a tremendous stand-up guy all the way around and a great baseball player so you know it comes to an end for everybody and and for pool host, 20 years in the league hats off to that guy what yeah. a tremendous
0: player a tremendous player incredible career uh, what do you think happens uh does he look for a contender situation does he try to get 700 home runs uh what do you think happens here well,
1: I don't think he'll get enough at bats yeah. to be able to get to that 700. I mean, who's going to want to bring that on and say, well, you know, your splits just, you know, he's been, you know, it, it, like everyone else, he's, what, 41 years old now, and and he, he, I think there's only so what is he going to play? DH, is not going to, def- he don't want to put him out on the field anymore, so if he was going to go somewhere, it'd have to be in the American League, I would suspect, and I don't know if any teams are willing to take a shot there, and maybe who knows where his mindset is right now, too, right, and does he want to continue to get out there and compete and play? Is he chasing into championship maybe there's a potential for for that big bat to come off the bench is he willing to do that not really sure he may just need some take some time and really think and reflect on what he wants to do if he wants to to finish out his career this year but i think as far as being able to get to 700 he's going to have to have a lot of at bats to do that and i just don't think there's a team that's going to be willing to give him the amount of at bats for him to be able to to surpass that number
0: yeah and plus uh he's got to celebrate a career you would hate for him to kind of chase 700 and in uh, his career that way, right? I mean, uh, you right. mentioned that. He's such an incredible person, too. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, from a betting standpoint, James, as we get to these games in progress, uh, the Indians are on top of the Royals right now, 1-0, 1-1 tie, Mets, Cardinals, 3-2, uh, Twins on top of the Rangers, uh, Red Sox, and and the Tigers. How about this? 6-5 to t- Detroit, uh, top of the fifth, and then the Phillies on top of the Brewers, Phillies with the throwbacks, um, 1-0 in the seventh, and then the Yankees. Three to two over the Astros right now. Any games in progress that you might be planning to have action with?
1: No, I didn't have any action. I do have some action coming up for, for today's card in Major League Baseball a bit later, but nothing with these morning games. Was watching Cole. Cole, he, uh, another another good outing from Cole, although I think he just gave up another yard ball here. So giving up a couple dingers, both to Alvarez, actually. Two mm-hmm. home runs on the day. So uh, And Cole's going to do that, right? He's going to be one of those guys. He's not nibbling. He's going to challenge you, and even if he's falling behind, he's not afraid to, to fire in there and give in because he's going to go after you uh, as that just competitor that he is but uh, another really out a good good outing from cole again here but as far as these early morning games sometimes the thursday games you know with the getaway and they're you know friday's friday weekend set coming up at a new city whether it's traveling or you preparing for a new team coming in uh, sometimes lineups are something in question who's going to be playing those getaway games and also at the catcher position so tend to really kind of tread lightly on some of those days when we know there's going to be a transition with series
0: okay because here's my question before we actually preview and break down some of these games because um, I cashed a ticket Tampa Bay uh, and the Angels uh, Tampa Bay got the I got the money line win right there uh, as they beat uh, the Angels Otani had a great outing uh, in that matchup James but my question to you in regards to baseball betting right now uh, a stronger angle um, starting pitching or weak bullpens, if you can identify those. <laughs> well,
1: I think if it's weak bullpens, then you're looking to bet overs, right? And maybe that's betting overs in game, where you know that the you're, you're starting to see with this there the starters starting to wind down and getting a handle on how long these managers are going to go with particular starters. You know, somebody like Garrett Cole, he gives up a couple dingers, they're not going to yank him here. That's not a big issue for him. That's part of his game. But some of these other pitchers too, still trying to stretch their arms out. Some of them, it's really not so much a pitch count, but they're just looking to get, if they can get a quality start, meaning five innings out of their pitcher, they're satisfied with that and then digging into the bullpens and knowing not only where their bullpens are as far as collectively how effective they are, but how taxed have they been maybe the last few games they've had to get in there and eat a lot of innings because starters prior weren't able to get five or or six innings on the books. So things to look back at, especially when you're talking about bullpens, and then also if you're looking to fire in-game pitch, really checking out where they're at within the line up, you know, as, as far as their opponents go, where if you're looking to bet a bullpen uh, for an in-game play, where is the current situation within that lineup? Because that could have an influence on what those numbers look like and something that you might be averse to, depending on where, how much price, how much juice you're willing to leave, willing to lay out there, depending on what what side you're looking at.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I, I I got the raise as a dog in this matchup uh, before close, certainly. And then uh, totals, I've been playing totals too. But, uh, you know, when you have somebody like Otani on the mound, okay, you kind of sweat that out unless you're in the first five situation. Uh, it depends on your approach to betting baseball. Uh, but then as the game plays out, if you're playing an entire game, Uh, if you can find those spots in which the bullpen might be taxed or a little weaker uh, as they're facing a lineup. I I think that finds, I find myself uh, uh, creating an edge there, I guess. And I was just wondering if you look at baseball that way.
1: Yeah, I think for me early in the season, I'm just going with with I'm going to rely on starting pitchers that I know are going to get. They're not going to get a, a, a quick yank, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to pull them out early. They're going to let them work through some jams if there's some jams in there. Guys like Garrett Cole, right? He gives up a couple dingers. You're not going to be afraid. They're not going to give him a quick hook by any means. You know that. So, kind of body of work with when it comes to starting pitching, more apt to bet first fives okay. and stay away from these bullpens because they are <laughs> so volatile and so explosive for the other team, sure. and if that's what you're banking on, you bet. If you're firing on totals, I think there's been some talk, though, right, about the is the air out of the baseball here? The ball's not as as juicy as it once was. It didn't, we're not having a lot of it. It's still early, so we've had some bad weather throughout the month of April across the country, too, which can impact some of these totals, but, you know, it's like some of these light flight balls. If you ever worked a jugs machine indoors, you have those light flight balls. It's like they you can square them up. You feel like you're driving the ball, and they don't go very far because they're designed that way. It's kind of what feels like these baseballs right now. The air is pulled out of some of these baseballs feeling like in the so
0: far early in the first month of the season. All right. Well, let's get to these games. Uh, James Salinas, uh, um, Toronto uh, on the road against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, We got eight and a half as a total Oakland at home plus 117.
1: Yeah, I was looking here, and, and when I start looking at, you know, we start with the starting pitchers, and we're going to look at right here, if you're mashing up with Ryu, he's coming back from the DL or the IL. i got to yep. get used to saying that. I apologize there. <laughs> back from the injured list, not the disabled list, but with the glute strain. And sometimes those get a little tricky when it's like, well, if, if it's if you're having a pitcher here, was it really just a matter of trying to get, yeah, all right, just needed a couple starts off, give him some rest, or how significant was that injury? Usually when it's we're talking about pitchers coming off a uh, uh, some kind of muscle strain. I tend to stay away from those. It's a red flag to me. I want to see how actually healthy they are. I want to see a start or two before I feel like, all right, I'm ready to invest in this pitcher or start firing against him uh, because he may be just fine and had a a 10-day rest, good to go, his arms live and ready to fire. But I just don't know until we really see him out there. So I tend to really kind of just tread again, being careful with that. And then you look at fires on the other side for Oakland. Uh, He is definitely – he's been a pitcher I typically – have bet against in mm-hmm. his career, although when he's been in Oakland A, he's pitched pretty well there in, in the Coliseum in Oakland, so you know, I, I think the money continues to come in slightly on the Blue Jays, and and now we're seeing issues with George Springer again. We talked about with pitchers, right, coming off the IL, right. when we are talking about muscle strains and injuries, same kind of thing with also with the ABs. Now, if Springer's just one kid in the lineup, one batter in the lineup, but uh, for here, with both these pitchers, because Fires was just coming off the injured list as well, only has one start Since then, I didn't have a good feel for this game, Pritch, because both pitches are just coming off of a potential injury that I just don't know, have to see if they're fully healthy.
0: Yeah, take a second look right there. I agree with that assessment uh, wholeheartedly, James. Um, Atlanta and Washington, uh, here we go. You know, Washington minus 105 at home. The total is nine. Um, So Washington got hot uh, along the way here. Atlanta has certainly been hot and cold, but uh, I can't figure out the Braves right now. Where are you at with this game?
1: Yeah, well, I was look. Well, starting with the pitching here, and actually that that total is is kind of interesting. It's ticked down considering the pitching matchup here. It's sitting out here. I see a lot of eight and a just a little bit to the over, about fifteen cents, Pritch. But uh, sitting here at eight and a half with this total, the first thing when you look at this pitching master, you see Drew Smiley on there. I think all totals betters, even though I typically like to to bet unders, that's when you start looking at. All right, how much juice am I going to have to lay to watch Drew Smiley continue to get pummeled this season because he has been. Yeah. He's 19 innings, 17 earned runs, nine homers in 19 innings. So they're seeing the ball. Opponents are seeing the ball very well off Drew Smiley here and, and being able to, to bang him around. And that's what was interesting. It was nine. Now it's down to eight and a half. Like I said, juice slightly to the over. But on the other side here with Lester, talk about – IL well it was covid related right bad nasty belt with covid went through that locker room through that clubhouse with the with the nats he just made his first start of the year last year and i think for somebody you know a, a veteran pitcher here but he does not have the fastball that he's had in the past to blow away hitters and that mm-hmm. his his velocity has really decreased over the years he pitched 5 innings his first time out last week against the marlins i was looking at this is something i i'm not sure how sustainable this is going to be we've talked about this too finding some of these pitcher pitcher props and getting in there and banging some of those and just taking advantage of uh, cashing some tickets while they last and this is one that i did here betting against lester so i didn't bet the side didn't bet the total because so i was kind of wondering why that total was ticking down maybe the with the uh, the lineups that are in there i'm not sure what we're going to see with the lineup for the nats coming in but lester his total of uh prop total for outs was sitting at 15 and a half at juice just to a dollar fifteen to the under, I played that. I just don't think for Lester, he's still going to be one to get himself back onto the mound, get righted on the mound, start to stretch his arm out as yeah. well. Only one start so far on the season. That's where I'm sitting with this game. Lester under 15 and a half outs, juice to a dollar fifteen.
0: Okay, that's a great angle too. I mean, just play the player right there, uh, which is interesting to me because here's a guy who is going to be i guess part of the rotation there <laughs> uh certainly uh you know part of, of something is it's part of something but uh not really a guy that uh, i believe the nationals are going to really look to uh to uh define that rotation i'm trying to be nice here but uh, I, I like that angle right there with lester Well, a veteran presence to come into the clubhouse for
1: sure, Right. Uh, but you already have a number of pitchers that are very, you know, there's a lot of interesting personalities within that clubhouse, especially when you're talking about coming out of the, in the pitching rotation. But you know, with Lester, he, he pitched, he pitched five innings, like I said, against the Marlins, but he only threw 70 pitches. So that tells me right there, they're, they've got to work on, he's got to get some endurance, build some arm strength back up. This is not something where I just feel like he's going to get out there and and they'll let him go more than five and we'll see, see if he survives more than five. Now, like you said, the Braves kind of an enigma, haven't hit the baseball quite as well as what was expected early in the season. Not going to get too, you know, too concerned about that now because we're just a month in, Pritch. But I think, you know, there was a lot of expectations coming in for the Braves this year. And right. Sometimes it takes a little while to, to meet those expectations and get through that. And, uh, you know, some veteran players within that, that clubhouse for the Braves. But I'm not worried about the Braves at this point. Only a month in. I'm not going to get too whether you've gotten off to a great start or a poor start right now now is really it's just one snapshot it's
0: one month of the season so no reason to panic right now for the atlanta Braves. sure i do want to see them swing the bat a little bit more consistently though uh in terms from a betting perspective uh for sure how about arizona miami uh we got uh, marlins uh seven and a half total minus 134 at home
1: yeah, I did play this one, too. I okay. got this one at $1.30. It's up to $1.35 now in favor of the Marlins. I took the Marlins here. Pablo Lopez going on an extra day rest. He was going to start yesterday, did not. He's got another day of rest here. Marlins playing pretty well, playing well at home. We know there's always angles down there that I like to play with the Marlins and against visiting teams rolling in. Typically on a Sunday, we're rolling into uh, South Beach and and the departure day for them from the night before on Saturday. But, you know, with Mad Bum coming in here again, uh you know, great, great, couple good, good outings. Obviously, the the we'll call it a no hitter through seven innings against the Braves a couple of weeks back, and wasn't feeling very well his last start. But I think here it's more so a play, not so much against Madbum, but it's really against the D-backs in that lineup. There's a lot of injuries within that lineup, up and down, and, and missing, a, missing. I think four regular players uh, that are not going to be in the lineup, haven't been in the lineup, and not going to be in the lineup for a while. So they get they've been banged around in the series. They're trying to avoid the sweep here. They've been outscored 17 to three so far in the first two games not hitting the baseball well I like Lopez coming off an extra day of rest I think here Pritch I don't normally play the full nine innings but I'm confident here with the Marlins being able to continue how they're playing here at home with Lopez on the hill I laid the dollar 30.
0: right, Uh, James we almost had another uh, perfect game Uh, had the no hitter the wild pitch with the no hitter yeah, right. Catch the ball. Yeah, one one wild pitch.
1: But I think there we speak to, again, all or nothing with these players. Not great approaches at the plate collectively across Major League Baseball. And we're seeing that play out yeah. early. Lots of complete games,
0: no hitters, more than what we're typically seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Are the uh, Brooklyn Nets, are they a mess? Uh, we start our basketball preview coming up next. It is time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. Be sure to have that state-issued ID open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. James Salinas with you today. Uh, James, the NBA, Brooklyn, uh, Kyrie doesn't want to talk to anybody. James Harden's still out. Um, They've been sloppy at times, but yet they still have the star power. Uh, And so does Dallas. I mean – Dantich is is incredible. Porzingis banged up again. Uh, some injury concerns in this matchup. Brooklyn, Dallas. Brooklyn on the road, laying three and a half. Two thirty five is the total. I'm interested in that total in this game.
1: Yeah, I think, well, so, yeah, Porzingis is out again as as well as Maxi Kleber as well at the forward position. So some injuries there, but obviously injuries not only for Harden still being out for, it's been quite, what, a month now? It's been quite a while. But mm-hmm. also some, yeah, you talked about Kyrie not wanting to speak, you know, not not wanting to speak out now. And it, this this team is, it's hard. It's hard. You think about it where you're just plugging all these new players and obviously the star power, like you talked about, Pritch, plenty of star power on this team when they all actually see the court together, but that's been a ver- that's been a rarity. They just, whether it's through, you know, whether it's through rest and load management or injuries, obviously with KD. Now, KD has looked very good since he's really gotten his competitive legs under him the last, you know, let's say the last week or so since he's come back a few weeks back. So here, this is this the total. It's really, I mean, if you're looking at this total, at, at this point right now, looking at the Nets and just not seeing much resistance at the rim and knowing that they do have the star power when they want to get after it, and when they want to play uh, to put the basket to put to put the ball in the hole at any point in time that they want to. With especially with Durant, who's such in my mind just one of the toughest matchups that we have in the NBA to stop from scoring. So he scores at all three levels, and I can believe his back to the basket too. Uh, Prince, are you are you thinking over here? I think this that anytime we see a Nets game, these these numbers always seem to be over, you know, to be very inflated. But uh, it's just so hard to bet against this team when we're talking about totals. Not going over that number,
0: yeah. I, I mean, uh, I'm not talking ISO basketball here, but uh, Kyrie, uh, the, the guy can make shots anywhere on, on the floor. Uh, KD had a great look at an a open shot that could have maybe um, helped them win a game uh, against Milwaukee, but it didn't come close to that, so he came up short. Uh, and then Luca, I mean, the guy is unstoppable. I don't, I don't care if you think he's going to drive or not. They can't cover him. He he extends the floor as well. So even without Porzingis, uh, it seems like this game could have a lot of scoring in it.
1: Yeah, and I think this here's the other piece too. What is what is the motive for these teams in this game? Right, right now, and right. we see some teams were jockeying around for seeding, and obviously for for the Mavericks, they're you know they're what just a half a game ahead of Portland. They got they're right there. I think they got the tiebreaker on the Lakers, but half game tied with the Lakers within the standings, and then a half a game ahead of Portland for that seventh playing spot. Right, well, that's where we go seven through ten. Are teams really trying to avoid that? I think for the Lakers, we've already heard LeBron and his His disdain for this playing piece, so they want to stay out of that pot. Stay out of that potentially, right? But there it is—a half game out of that. So I think for the Mavericks, plus playing at home here, it's—it's. It's, I think looking at the other side with the Nets, they're not going to get that number one seed. They're two games back of Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a very easy schedule. We had I talked about that earlier uh, in the week, and just looking at the yeah the road trip piece, but looking at the the quality of opponents that are in front of the Sixers right now, obviously a six-game win streak. Whether they're covering those spreads or not, if we're trying to bet it, that's one thing. But where Brooklyn really knowing that, all right, we're not going to get the one seed here. Are we jockeying for two or three? Does that really matter to us at this point? Are we just trying to make sure that we get – try to keep our guys healthy and – create some kind of semblance of consistency when it comes to some chemistry on the court. And it's just been difficult because of all the injuries and the rest days right here. I don't know. I think Nash has his hands full. I'd probably be still looking at the over in this game Mm -hmm. here, Pritch. But I think for the Brooklyn Nets going into this last week of the season, it's probably a team that I'm just going to stay away from.
0: (laughs) I mean, you bring up a great point uh, because it's really been the wrench in my NBA betting It's like the motivation thing. Uh, And so when you brought that up, I'm like all excited about the over, the total, and then the motivation. I'm like, all right, forgot about that. (laughs) <laughs> but it's so true, right? Well,
1: now. I mean, but but motivation. A lot of times, motivation comes out how hard you're going to play, and a lot of times we see that translated on the defensive end. Now, we rarely see that out of the Brooklyn Nets uh, from defense, regardless of whether they're they're dialed into this game or not. But I just feel like right now Brooklyn's just kind of this the, uh, an enigma team that I just can't I can't get
0: a handle on right now based of all the injuries and everything yeah. else we've seen. So it's just the team I got to stay away from. All right, I hear you. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get to some over under props for two rookie quarterbacks. That's coming up next right here on VSEN. Sports Betting Network. Our VSEN experts are covering every sport on the board this spring to find the best bets every day, and now is a great time to invest in your long-term betting success. We provide all the tools you need to make the most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you when not making a bet is in your best option. Uh, get our daily... Uh, best bet emails, uh, our 24-7 video coverage and analysis all on vcin.com. Our in-depth coverage of every major event and point spread weekly is designed to improve your sports success year-round so your bankroll lasts longer and you can increase your sports betting IQ. Learn from our experience and put our team to work for you today with our vcin 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. James, uh, over-under totals uh, prop bets for these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Interesting, uh, this is Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the two top quarterbacks that were drafted. Uh, A lot to consider. Urban Meyer, first-time head coach in the National Football League, first-time offensive coordinator out there in New York. Uh, Where are you at right now with these over-under props? Uh, for these rookie quarterbacks. I know we have Justin Herberts and, and all these guys that uh, lit up the National Football League last year, but maybe this year might be different.
1: Well, Justin Herbert's team was far better than both the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars as far as talent around the kid. Now, yeah, their offensive line with the Chargers isn't wasn't too great, but th- – plenty of weapons to throw to and a lot of veterans with on those teams too so he didn't have to do things by himself but I think here I mean this is first thing I think we got to look at we're talking about these props pritches remember it's 17 games right mm-hmm. so there's an extra right. game so how is that how is that baked in how is that built into this number here you're talking about Trevor Lawrence sitting at if we're looking at passing yards 4200 passing yards basically right and we know what the league is it's a passing league for sure all the rules are set up for to to favor the offense and the passing game uh, so but The other piece, too, and you mentioned it with Urban Meyer. And I just wonder, this is something I have to think about and really consider, and I, I want to have this discussion with you as far as not only a college coach coming in to the NFL and completely different environment when you're talking about having a coach from college to coach in the pros, but also Urban Meyer. Now, yeah, a long time ago at Utah, uh, maybe his roster wasn't as, as as solid as some of the other opponents that they were facing, but for so many years, right, whether at Florida and or at Ohio State, how many games did he go into where he didn't have the clear advantage when it came to talent on the roster, right? That's not going to be the case here he's going to go into basically every one of these games they're going to be rarely are they going to be favored in any of these games going in or the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's going to be deficient when it comes to looking and comparing both rosters as far as talent is concerned how does he manage that how does he handle that i'm not saying he can't coach it but i think that's going to there's got to be some kind of adjustment period here and how does that reflect on on Trevor Lawrence now the other piece too 17 games you bet more opportunities to to pad the statistics with an extra game but you played, Pritch, that's an extra game that you're going to get banged up and beat up, and the attrition in the NFL is no joke. You know that. So how does that extra game, how are players going to manage that knowing that they haven't played in a season like that before because that may be reflective of how we try to approach betting on some of these statistical numbers?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to think about with, with all of this, uh, James. You mentioned Urban Meyer, first-time head coach, uh, Bevel. He's a coordinator there, uh, Daryl Bevel, and so he's coming over from Detroit, kind of a conservative, guy and i think if you looked at breakdowns too of coordinators where are they are they 60 40 pass uh run ratio are they 55 um 45 you know run pass where are they like uh, 57 33 i mean i think you want to break that down too as in addition to the extra game uh in addition to uh staying healthy so trevor lawrence 4200 yards that's generous uh, if you ask me, twenty-two and a half touchdowns, uh, the over minus one thirty, the under plus one ten. Interceptions fourteen and a half, plus one hundred to over minus one twenty, the under. Uh, so just on the betting market alone, the pricing alone, uh, I, I mean, even with the extra game, uh, be cautious there with Trevor Lawrence.
1: Well, I think so too, and it, it just it does seem generous, right? And they're yeah. big numbers, and I get it. It is an extra game here, but that also means a lot of times like these, if you're going to bet these. Uh, for me, I would tend to bet the unders just because the 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 unknown factor, which you know pops up so many times for players, is the injury factor. And mm-hmm. this says if I'm gonna play that their 17 games, sure, that's another game to be able to to add on to the statistics, but another game to get banged up and that's saying you're gonna play clean and you're gonna be healthy for 17 weeks, as well as the fact that you are a rookie quarterback going on to a bad team with in a sense a rookie NFL coach, that's a lot to that's a lot to have to work with. And, and feel like you're going to be able to surpass those numbers, which do seem kind of big, right? Roughly 4,200 yards passing. Although, uh, are they going to run the football? Or are they just going to hand it to them and be like, let's fling it? Because how many games are they going to be trailing where a lot of those yards are going to come in garbage time? Pritchfing is Jacksonville, uh-huh. and the same for Zach Wilson with New York. These are bad football teams. That's why they got to pick number one and number two overall, not just because the quarterback was a, was an issue for those teams. And I don't know how much of a quarterback issue it was for the Jets And if this is a huge upgrade from Sam Darnold to go to Zach Wilson, I kind of tend to think not, but bad football teams all the way around when you're talking about the, the talent on the roster. So a lot to have to make up for both of these players with Zach Wilson as well. I just think these are, even though there will be a lot of opportunities for garbage time, Pritch because they are going to be trailing in so many games and all the offense and all the, everything is built to, to offense within the league. We know that as far as the rules and what you can and can't do or where you can and can't hit as far as the defender goes, I would still have to look at under for, for these props, especially with the the passing TDs, especially at 22-and-a-half for mm-hmm. Lawrence and 20-and-a-half for Wilson. I just think those are really lofty numbers for rookie quarterbacks going to very bad football
0: teams. Absolutely. Uh, and another coaching situation with the Jets. And, and it's still, I mean, we're still talking about the Jets here. Uh, and, and so even though Salah is a solid head coach, uh, Mike LaFleur uh, will be the offensive coordinator. Um, and, and the... He's going to be new. He's going to be a rookie. And you got a rookie quarterback here, too. Now, I know Zach Wilson, everybody's expecting him to sling it. Uh, and he probably will. Will, But think about uh, Burrow and all the times he dropped back. And without that dominating offensive line or, or the benefit of experience up there, Burrow ended up getting hurt. Uh, so, Zach Wilson, I, like, these, like you said, these numbers are pretty generous. I mean, 20-and-a-half uh, touchdown passes. Maybe you look at the over there. Maybe you don't. Uh, interceptions, 13-and-a-half as well. Uh, looking at that situation on a bad football team
1: yeah and I typically like to bet against human achievement you know that pritch too especially <laughs> rookies that are coming into really tough situations I think for Wilson having to go in to the dysfunction that is the the New York Jets when it comes to a franchise all the stuff that happened with Gase. I mean there there's reasons why all those things were, were played out the way that they did right and just a lack of leadership from the top on down starting in my mind kind of at the ownership uh, but but I think that's just very influential on why teams are so bad and why they've been historically so bad of a team like the jets been bad. So long as Wilson going to be the answer to step in there and, and say, I'm the new savior. I don't know if he has the head and shoulders to be able to knock that out and do that. Let alone with these numbers to me, especially with Wilson, I'd be looking to play both of those passing TDs and passing yards. Definitely. There's only underplay for me.
0: Yeah. Just to think that they thought that way about Sam Darnold, not too long ago. <laughs> Come up next. We have some fights in town. Coming up next is our guy, Lou Finnecaro uh, to help us out with the card in UFC. That's coming up next. Everybody join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM and win $100 with a $1 wager on either the Lakers or Clippers to hit a three. Just use bonus code vsin 100 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com. For more details and use promo code v 100 It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly if you feel you have a problem. It's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. and Tennessee, call or text a red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you. Uh, Always a pleasure to bring on to the program. Uh, He contributes to Point Spread Weekly, Lou Finicaro. Lou, how are you?
2: Good afternoon, guys. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for making some time for uh, mixed martial arts. I love it.
0: Always. We love it, too. Uh, We love it, too. Looking forward to this card. Uh, A couple of female fighters, uh, a couple of female bouts on this card uh, in regards to uh, the action that we're going to see. Let's start with uh, Rodriguez uh, and Watterson, uh, Watterson, she's the underdog here in this one. Uh, what can she do to win this one? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think she's given up some size here, uh, Lou. Um, what, what what, do we know about this fight and what do we expect with this fight?
2: Well, what we know is that these ladies both compete at 115. Watterson really needs to compete a division down from that, but there isn't one. So she really uh, is gritty enough to fight gals a little bit larger than her. And Rodriguez is a huge girl for 115. However, this fight is at 125 because of the short nature of it. And that is a huge advantage for the longer, taller girl and larger girl, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, Watterson's advantage is that she's well-rounded and she's gonna have an advantage on the floor. But as a smaller woman fighting now a 125 er that'll be 135 in the cage, Will she be able to get it there, and that's the question. Now, the question on the Rodriguez side is, I have not seen her being interviewed yet this week. I think she's still traveling to Vegas to get here for this fight. So it's critical we wait for weigh-ins tomorrow morning to determine how Rodriguez looks. If she looks fresh and makes weight easy, I think she's in an advantageous position, Mike.
1: Very good. So. Lou, let's look down the card. Next fight here, bringing up looking at 38-year-old Donald Cerrone taking on Alex Morono. Now Cerrone hasn't—he hasn't—we're uh, talking about Cerrone hasn't won a fight in a few years yet. He's still a pretty hefty favorite. I'm looking at the numbers out here, uh, and they're roughly about almost a two-dollar favorite, about a dollar ninety on Cerrone. How do you see this matchup taking playing out?
2: Yeah, I see this as being a great fight. It's—it's it's known to be Cerrone's. Uh, swan song, his, his uh, fight before he takes the gloves off and walks away into retirement. He was training for Diego Sanchez, a short, sawed-off wrestling-based fighter, and he spent his camp working on wrestling in uh, the pursuit of a opponent to replace Sanchez. He looked for a wrestler, couldn't find it. Now he gets a striker from Texas who's raw but powerful and game and knows that with a 38-year-old Donald Cerrone's pelt on his mantle, he can really uh, strengthen his resume quite a bit. So I think this is a bad spot for Donald. Uh, Listen, Cerrone is an underdog at 38, maybe. But he opened 135. He's been bet up to 200 based on people knowing this is going to be his last fight, I think. And I think that number is misplaced. And I would lean to Morono. I would also say this. In a close fight, I think it's going to be tough for Morono to win a decision. I think there's going to be some lean to Cerrone to send him off and give him his coronation. For that reason, Morono, who's got power in his hands, inside the distance, plus three and a quarter, I think that might be the most logical way he wins, and that might be a way uh, to consider betting this fight.
0: Interesting there because I was wondering how Cerrone was going to approach this fight. Was he was he going to try to wrestle? Is he going to try to throw hands? I mean, uh, if this is it, um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, these fighters, you never know what's in their heads. Do they want to go out with a bang, or or do they just want to win a fight?
2: I think Cerrone wants to go out with a bang. Um, I think the the change in opponent is gonna is is gonna be a surprise to him, though. Listen, Cerrone fought at one fifty five. James, and he's teetered between 170 and 155, because of 3080, he can't make 155 anymore. Uh, this kid, Morono, he's a legit 170-pound uh, fighter, and he'll be 185, 187 pounds when they get in the octagon. He's going to be a big, strong, powerful load in there.
1: Well, Lou, I could definitely relate when it comes to getting older and not being able to make the weight that you used to have when you were younger, so it makes sense to me. Uh, Let's move down to the next uh, another fight here. Jeff Neal taking on Neal Magny. Neal, a pretty good favorite here, laying about $1.85, maybe $1.90, depending on where you look. How do you see this fight playing out?
2: Yeah, great uh, fight where both guys are coming off losses. Uh, Magny is going to have an advantage in experience, And he's arguably the more well-rounded fighter, but he has tremendous mental lapses in that his last fight, he fought a grappler. Magny has visions of himself being this great grappler. He's an acceptable and a strong uh, grappler. However, he isn't the kind of grappler his last opponent was. He chose to try and fight his last opponent at his strength grappling and got beat. Now he's coming in against a striker that's not going to be as long and tall as him, but is profusely powerful, was undefeated before his last fight, fought Stevie Wonderboy Thompson, and pretty much got one-sided beat, but he learned a lot, and he earned a Ph.D. in MMA. I think Jeff Neal is focused, and there's two fighters in this fight that are going different directions and i and i think neil i don't give favorites often i think neil is a bargain at 185 or 180 Uh, i'm going to use him in a parlay and leave one side open as i wrote in point spread weekly Uh, however those that want to take him straight in this card i wouldn't blame you a bit i think he's uh, a value under two to one
0: Lou, and to follow up on this fight, because I was looking at this one uh, with Magny, uh with the reach, you would think, okay, let, let's keep uh, Jeff Neal away, right? But uh, if Neal gets inside, does that figure into what Magny would want to do in terms of try to grapple with him, try to wrestle him, tie him tie him up that way?
2: What Magly, what Magni has advantage on in this fight is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, last fight he had advantage standing, but he chose to fight a grappler on the floor, which is completely insane. He has uneven performances. He needs to go attach himself to Neil, which will negate Neil's power and therefore try and get Neil against the cage and onto the floor and have the fight in his arena. If he chooses to try and stand and pitter-patter with Neil, he's gonna get caught, and I think that's what's gonna happen.
1: So, so, Lou, thinking about grapplers, right? Thinking about Gillespie getting onto the floor and and taking on. He's a pretty large favorite here, going against Ferreira, a jiu-jitsu fighter here. Uh, could this fight potentially potentially be down on the mat between these two fighters? Because I think you have a position here on this dog. I do,
2: and 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 in the uh, Gillespie, the favorite has not fought since november of 19 when he was knocked out by a brutal kick to the chin by kevin lee so he's done ample recovering he's a strong gritty unrelenting wrestler however as is the case with many wrestlers his least fluent mixed martial arts facet is striking and strike evasion diego ferreira had those 36 years old and four years older than gillespie has dynamite in both hands and a bjj game so he can grapple on the floor he'll also be the larger man i think that normally while i would favor the wrestler in this position coming off of such a brutal ko hasn't been active since then meanwhile ferreira's had two fights that's why i lean to ferreira size activity and the power in his hands
0: Uh, The other women's fight uh, is Rebus and Hill. Uh, Hill, she's the uh, underdog in this one. Uh, Rebus, two losses, uh, to knockouts, I believe. One controversial, I think, maybe. Uh, Lou, uh, how do you see this fight? Any other fights on the card that uh, has your attention?
2: Yeah, actually, Rebus lost to Marina Rodriguez, who we talked about in the main event. In her last fight, she was finished. And she learned a lot. And what she learned is she has to get close to the opponent, smother them, and take them down. Angela Hill will be outmatched on the floor against Amanda Rebos. However, uh, Angela Hill has absolutely no plans of going to the floor with Amanda Rebos. She wants to keep her up, keep her at distance, and try and peck her apart. A competitive fight. But I do think Rebos wins. One other underdog on the card down below, it's ugly, I'll admit, Uh, but the name is Trezano, and he's a huge underdog. He's the biggest underdog on the card, and I'm not so sure that he shouldn't be a little closer lined. Uh, That might be one to watch a little uh, earlier in the fight production.
0: Oh, that's outstanding. Uh, We're looking forward to uh, UFC in Vegas as always. As always, we enjoy your time on the show as well. Lou, thank you.
2: Thanks so much for the support, guys, and have a great afternoon.
0: You too. Take care. Uh, Lou Finnecaro, you can follow him on Twitter, GamLou. Just an excellent, excellent uh, breakdown right there of UFC. Uh, James, it's like every week uh, we get these cards, and then Lou, to have him on the program to break them down is, is incredible
1: absolutely and he's great about fighting some of those underdogs that right. we're talking here ferrera being one plus 150 uh, Morona another one sitting there at plus 160 and maybe getting that inside the distance i think he said somewhere around plus three and a quarter definitely things i'm going to be looking at come saturday
0: yeah reba's uh two uh, defeats there uh again knockouts, uh, and so i mean i you could see two fights here from the females and in, in which Uh, uh, somebody gets taken out (laughs) so looking forward to uh, the UFC this card too. Cowboy Cerrone we'll see what he has left uh, and see how he goes out as well our number two uh, begins with some National Football League uh, breakdowns and some props uh, as well as some other positions uh, of of interest Jimmy Garoppolo that's coming up next